We are uh, continuing in our series called Endgame, Exposed by Jesus. And so over the last few weeks, we've been going through the detailed teachings of Christ uh, and specifically around uh, Matthew 24, 25, and then the book of Revelation, uh, where Jesus gives us so much powerful details about the end time. Uh, and, and everything that he gives us is so practical and so powerful. And though there seems to be a lot of confusion in our own hearts and our own minds, uh, the Bible itself is not confused. In fact, I told someone this week, I said, I have to remember every time that I'm confused about the Bible, it's me that's confused. The Bible is never confused. And so the heart uh, of studying something so deep and impactful like the end times, uh, you know, Matthew 24, the book of Revelation, is that we have to do everything in our power uh, to block every other messaging out except what the word of God says because there's power in the word of God and in the truth. And this morning, I believe probably more than any other message in this series, I think that this morning, God's word is going to build a faithfulness in us when we see what the Spirit of God wrote through John 1,900 years ago, and we see how it applies so significantly to today's time. And when we, I believe that as we study this this morning, as we finish uh, Revelation 13 this morning, that the Lord will build our faithfulness and our trust in his word when we see how accurate uh, his word is 1,900 years before it makes any sense. And if that doesn't make sense, it will here in just a minute. Uh, we are in Endgame Part 5. And so last week, we introduced uh, the Antichrist uh, or the man of lawlessness or the man of sin. Uh, this is the one world leader that the Bible details will come into power uh, in the last days and will ultimately have all authority over the people, the nations, and the tongues, and the cultures of the world, and will rule the world as one senior leader. And uh, we're studying this in Revelation 13, and the first half of Revelation 13 gives us the rise of the Antichrist. That's what we looked at last week, uh, the way that the, the Bible actually gives significant detail how this man of lawlessness, this Antichrist leader, rises up to global power. Uh, and just to refresh your memories, uh, the heart of, of Revelation 13 teaches that there will be a 10-nation alliance that shows up in the world, uh, and that 10-nation alliance will be ruled by 10 leaders. None of those initial 10 leaders is, are the Antichrist or the one world leader, but there's an 11th leader that's kind of in the shadows, and that he will rise up and he'll subdue three of those nations. And so you'll have a 10-nation coalition with seven leaders, one of them ruling three nations, and that one leader ruling the three nations is the Antichrist, Revelation tells us. And then eventually, uh, all the other seven nations, so all 10 nations, will give their power over to the Antichrist, and he will rule those 10 nations as the king or the dictator or the ruler. Uh, the point is, is that he will have the power of 10 nations, their economic power, their resource power, and their military strength, and he will become a force to be reckoned with. With. The world will know his name, and the world will have a significant fear of him because of the strength of his military. But then the Bible says the way that he actually is propelled into the hearts and the minds of people 
is that he ha- goes through uh, the bottom half of Revelation 13 tells us that he, he has a wound in his head from a sword. So it's probably some type of attack, though we don't know for sure and we don't know exactly what it is, but that this leader faces a mortal wound. This leader faces uh, maybe an assassination attempt or a wound in battle to where he maybe even appears to be dead, but that he fully recovers. And this moment is so public uh, the, the, the wound that he receives uh, and his recovery is so public that the whole world changes their perspective of this man, changes their perspective of this leader, and now they stand in awe of him. So they don't only fear him because of his military might and his leadership power and his political power over the world, uh, but they, they, they look at him almost as divine. Uh, and and as, as this leader goes through this recovery and this healing, uh, he is pointing uh, the entire time of his rise. He's pointing and giving credit of his power and of his recovery and his healing to his God, whom the Bible tells us is Satan. Whether he goes by that name or not, we don't know, but the world is so taken back and so in awe of the recovery and the healing and the might and the power of this leader that they actually begin to worship uh, whoever he says is God. And then through this season, he's actually propelled up to world leader. He's given all authority over the world, and this is the rise of the Antichrist. And that's what the first half of Revelation 13 teaches. Uh, And we looked last week at uh, Revelation 17 as they give a detailed explanation of this, and uh, some chapters in Daniel as it gives another perspective of this. And I believe that we walked away last week fully, hopefully fully understanding the political route uh, that the Antichrist will take as he becomes supreme leader over the world. Now, what is even, I believe, even more powerful than that is the second half of Revelation 13, which we're going to get into today. The second half of Revelation 13 actually introduces a new leader, a a different person. It's called the second beast. Traditionally, this new leader is called the false prophet, uh, kind of in the modern traditional name that we've given this second beast is the false prophet. And the reason that we've given this second beast the name of the false prophet is because he operates very similarly to how a prophet of God operates. A prophet of God, specifically in the Old Testament, uh, would do great miracles and great acts, and he would speak for God, and he would do everything in his power to drive the nation of Israel and the people of this world to God and to worship the one true God of the Bible. This man in, in, in Revel- the back half of Revelation 13, in a very similar way, uses his power, his influence uh, to point the people of the world to the first beast or to the Antichrist. And that is the, the sole purpose. The sole purpose of this false prophet is to cause the world to worship the Antichrist. And so I want us to look into this because there is significant power in this. And, and if, if, if you're new to the church, uh, and I don't, mean, I don't mean pursued, if you're new to the church of Jesus Christ, and uh, you're not familiar with Revelation. I just wanna, I wanna make sure that everybody's on the same page. Uh, Revelation's kind of out there a little bit if you're not, if you're not aware of what's happening. Uh, the Bible teaches us that, that John, on the Sabbath day, he was caught up in the spirit, meaning that he, he began to have a, a, a very spiritual, deep spiritual experience with God. Uh, he was opened up to this spiritual world, and the Bible teaches us, and I believe this beyond the shadow of a doubt, uh, I, I, we, I think many 
of us have felt the presence of God at different times in our life. Uh, we know that the Holy Spirit is inside of us. There is a spiritual world that is just as real as the physical world that we can see. And every now and then in Scripture, uh, when God's wanting to do something powerful, he'll open that up for his people uh, to be able to teach and guide us. And that's what's happening uh, to John in the book of Revelation. And he's, he's seeing these visions. But every vision that he sees, God is giving a literal explanation, a very detailed explanation of what's happening. So even though there's some weirdness to it, there is no confusion and everything fits perfectly in practical reality. Uh, and I think last week proved that. And uh, I think this week will prove that point even more so. And so let's get into Revelation 13, starting with verse 11. And this is the vision uh, that he sees. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. This beast had two horns like a lamb, but spoke like a dragon. And this beast exercised all the authority of the first beast and caused the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose mortal wound had been healed. So I, I, wanna, I wanna read that one more time to make sure that we understand that this second leader, this second beast or the false prophet He's exercising all the authority of the first beast. And the first beast had all of his authority and his power given to him by Satan. So this is this, this second leader that's standing up. He is operating under the authority and the power ultimately of Satan. He is, he is a, a, a demon-influenced, uh, demon-possessed leader uh, who is working with the power of Satan to do the things that he's about to do. But the primary role, the primary role of this false prophet is to cause the whole world to worship the Antichrist. It goes on to say in Revelation 13, 13, and this is, this is I want us to really read this and take this in. I want us to really, uh, for those of us at home, I, I really want us to see the weight of this and, and so that we can understand what we can expect in the future. Because though we see what is about to happen in the life of the second beast or the false prophet is going to happen during the days of the tribulation. The Bible also says that prior to that time, there will be many others that will come like this leader to be able to do these great things. And this will open up our heart and our mind to the direction things will go in our lives. The second beast performed great signs to cause even fire from heaven to come down to earth in the presence of the people. Because of the signs it was given to perform on behalf of the first beast, it deceived those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image to the beast that had been wounded by the sword and yet had lived. So I, I want us to really understand the weight of what the Bible's teaching us. It says that when this leader shows up, that this leader is going to have genuine, significant, satanic power to do great signs in the height of his power and the most powerful of his signs is that he will be able to call fire down from heaven to mimic that of Elijah in the Old Testament when he prayed and God sent fire down from heaven to consume the altar God did this 
to prove to the people of Israel that the God of Israel, Elijah's God, was the God, and all the other false prophets of Baal were not God, and it eventually turned the heart of the people back towards God. That, that what we see here is that he is, that's why we call him the false prophet, because he is going to do similar things. He's going to do powerful signs, even call fire down from heaven. And by this uh, miracles and by these signs, he is going to gain significantly great influence. This is the one thing you've got to know. The first thing I want you to know about the, uh, the Antichrist's uh, false prophet, the false prophet that rises up the second beast, is that he will gain significant influence over the world by these great miracles and this great power. This will be a world leader. Uh, they will see him. They will know him. Uh, they will recognize him. He, that people will stand in awe of him because of his great power. Uh, he will be able to do many different signs and many different things. And this is the part where I really want you to understand the weight of Scripture. Because though uh, Satan is nothing compared to God, Satan is not all-knowing. He is not all-powerful. Uh, he does not know. He can't tell what you're thinking. He doesn't know. Uh, we can't be in more than one place at once. Uh, we, I think we've highly over-elevated the power of Satan and who he really is. He is nothing compared to God. But the reality of it is, is that Satan and demons do have real power. If you've ever read through the Old Testament and you remember when Moses uh, was called by God to go to Pharaoh and he said to give Pharaoh a sign, he said, take uh, your staff, throw it down, I'll turn it into a snake. Moses did that. And then Pharaoh's magicians and wise men came and they did the same thing. Where did they get that power from? Satan. But just like the reality of Scripture, Moses' staff ate both the snakes of the other staff to prove that although Satan is powerful, our God is extremely great and more powerful than any Satan and any demon in hell. But the thing that we have to understand is that Satan is real, demons are real, evil is real, and there is a power there. Uh, and when the restrainer leaves, Thessalonians teaches that there is a restrainer currently, ultimately, no matter what God is using, ultimately it's God that's restraining the evil one and restraining the Antichrist and restraining this type of power from coming into the earth. When that restrainer leaves, they will be able to use their power. And this is the greatest of that use, the, the second beast, the false prophet, will do great miracles and will gain great influence over the people with these great powers, and the world will look to him for answers. And his ultimate point is to use this influence to point people to the Antichrist and to worship the Antichrist. But he does something very specific. It says, it says that he uses his great influence to deceive the world. This is important. This is something that we have to really just understand that what is presented to people is a deception. Because in a minute, it tells you exactly what he's doing. It's gonna get the world to create an image of the Antichrist, all right? To be able to create an image of the Antichrist, to worship the Antichrist. But it's a deception, meaning that what he's propelling, what he's putting out there, it's not, it's not the truth. It's a deception. It's not real. That, that when they create this image of the Antichrist because they see this, this false prophet do this great power, they've seen the Antichrist recover or maybe even almost look like he's raised from the dead and he's got this great military power and he's saying that he's been sent by this God and, and, and the world begins to worship this God. The, this second beast shows up to the scene, calls fire down from heaven, and then he gets the world to create an image. 
but he uses deception. So what they think they're doing by creating the image isn't really what's gonna happen. The world is deceived and tricked uh, into creating this image of the Antichrist, which is a significant thing, and you'll understand why here in just a minute. And so the false prophet, when he shows up on the scene, I wanna try to make this as real for us as I possibly can. He shows up onto the scene. The Antichrist himself is already in, in great power. He's already ruling the 10 nations. He's starting, uh, the world is, is, is in awe of him because of his great recovery. Now the second leader, he's on the scenes. He's doing this great miracle, these great powers, and he's getting the world to create an image of the Antichrist. So he's saying, I want you to create an image or an idol that you can worship and pray to and connect with every day and to show your adoration and your submission to the Antichrist and the one world leader and people listen to him because of the great power and the miracles that he shows. And so the whole world creates this image. Individual people create this image to be able to place in their homes or to have with them every day, and it's an image of the Antichrist. It's a picture of the Antichrist that they will worship and that they will pray to. That, that's the heart of what uh, the, the second uh, beast, the false prophet, gets the world to do. So I just wanna, I wanna make sure, I, I don't care if I repeat myself, I wanna make sure that we're all on the same page because it's so important and the next few scriptures are so powerful and we have to make sure we're on the same page. So homie shows up, calls fire down from heaven, okay? Everybody is like, that's pretty cool. Right? I mean, if you were still here, hopefully you're saved and you're already gone. But if you're still here, you see somebody call fire down from heaven. He's already connected to the guy who's basically already running the world uh, to an extent. You already have massive respect. And then they start to say, this man is of a divine nature. He's otherworldly. He's, he's, he's beyond human. And this guy's pointing to this other God. And there's all this evidence that there's something powerful going on with this leader. And then this leader says, listen, what I want you to do is I I want you to connect with us. I want you to be a part of this. This is the one true God. That's the deception. This is the creator of the universe. He'll probably call that out in some way. And, in, and that he says, now listen, the way that we want you to do this is we want you to create an image in your life that's in your life. It's on your wall at your home or, or it's something that'll be you know, put uh, in the kitchen or in your living room or in a prayer room and that you'll connect with this image somehow. And this is what we want you to do. And the whole world does this. The whole world to be a part of this, this new religion almost, to be a part of this, this great leader uh, that they stand in awe of and they fear and he can call fire down from heaven. They all create an image and they put it in their homes and they put it in their day-to-day -day lives. And then something significant happens. And this is, this is, to me, this is what becomes one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. From 15 on, there's significant power. It says that the second beast the false prophet was permitted to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship it to be killed. So I want you to think about it just for a second. Now, I want to be very clear here. This was written over 1,900 years ago. It's written over 1,900 years ago. For 1,900 years, this scripture doesn't make any sense to anyone who has ever read it. For 1,900 years, this scripture, it can't even be imagined as to how this would take place. This sounds like something out of Harry Potter world. 
because all of they all they think you when you think of an image being created for 1900 years all you have is is the, the the best you had was a painting where you sat still for like 17 hours and they painted you or they sculpted you for 1900 years this makes no sense well then all of a sudden technology begins to change the world as we know it. Is anybody old enough to, to still say that they were one of the first ones with a TV? Don't be, don't, that. I know, I know my, my mama is at home watching TV. I'm watching this right now as she's raising her hand. And now she's saying, oh, Jordan, I guarantee it. So I want you to understand, the first time, the first time that an image came to life was with the development of television. There's things that are in Revelation, multiple things, and we're going to go through them all through the end of the series, that, that outright never made any sense until all of a sudden they make perfect sense. But more than that, I want to make sure we go slowly. More than that, he gives breath to the image, and the image can speak. So the first thing I want you to understand, this image can come to life and speak to you. It can understand you, and you can understand it. Now, that didn't even make sense, even with television. That still doesn't make sense. That didn't make sense. Up until the, the, the 90s and 2000s, when they started to produce AI technology. So now I want you to understand the, where we are right now in society and in our culture. There is, there is the technology that we have with artificial intelligence. There are workout programs that you can buy these look, small TVs that almost look like mirrors, hang them on their wall, an artificial intelligence person pops up to train you, it can understand what you're saying, and you can understand it, and it can adapt to you, and it can even recognize if you're lying by the, your heart rate. So if you're like, yeah, I worked really hard, it can be like, no, no, you're chubby because you're not working hard, okay? <laughs> you're lying. I can tell, all right? It's mind-blowing, and this is a workout program. This is a fitness program. Last year, or, or in 2020, uh, there was a whistleblower for the Department of, of Defense that released uh, several major news outlets that they had created AI, an AI that became so self-aware that it developed insecurities. It became so self-aware that it cared about what you thought about it, and it began to, to figure out ways to figure out what you thought about it, and if it if thought or realized that you thought negatively of it, it would do one of two things. It would try to debate and argue to convince you to think positively of it, or it would begin to adapt its behavior to try to please you. This is AI technology, and it's, it's here. It's, you need to do the research. It's all over the world. Right now, for the first time in history, this is why I wanna, I wanna slow down. So for the first time in history, this scripture can literally be played out right here and right now in our lives. For 1,900 years, it makes no sense. But right now, we have the ability to create an image that can come to life and speak to us, and we can understand it, and it can understand us, and it can adapt and help us or destroy us. So what I don't want you to hear is like, I, Robot the Movie, is coming to life, 
right? That's not, we don't need to fear this. But what I want you to understand is that the Bible laid out in detail something that made no sense. It could not have been uh, literal. It could not have been real. It, 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 it's, just, it's just the Bible. It's just this old ancient manuscript until all of a sudden it makes more sense than we could ever understand. It, it goes on to say, and this is, I also, I just want you to understand the weight of this. It also has the ability to connect with every person has the ability to connect with every person. So this is, again, something that is, it, it's impossible. It's impossible. For, for 1,900 years, it's impossible until Al Gore created the internet, okay? <laughs> if you're older, you get that. <laughs> Al Gore did not create the internet. All the younger millennials and the Z generation are like, that's cool. <laughs> he also created global warming, if you wanna know all, all of his inventions. That was kind of a joke <laughs> until the internet showed up. But to be able to connect to the whole world up until only the last few years, this, that 60, 70% of the world has internet access, but you, we don't, the whole world doesn't have internet access until Mr. Elon Musk showed up, created Starlink, and started popping satellites into space. And now by the end of 2024, the entire world, except for the polar regions, will have internet access, meaning you can live in the jungle in a hut, but if you have a device, you can get on the internet. So this was, even, even in, the, in the 50s, it's impossible. It doesn't make sense. You can't understand it. But all of a sudden, it's 100% literal in our reality. It goes on to say it has the power to kill those who don't worship it meaning that it, it, it's gonna have a, 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 a genuine, to be able to understand whatever the system, they will add a system of worship to it, whether that's to bow down to it five times a day, or that's just to acknowledge it and submit to it, uh, or that, that whatever, whatever the rules are that they create around it, when you don't do it, it will have the power and the ability to have you killed. That's what the Bible teaches. And so this could be as simple as alerting the authorities, this would be, uh, uh, and I, I don't want to get too dramatic. I don't want to guess too much. But they, they, right now, we already have what they call kill chips that, uh, that militaries use uh, to be able so to make sure that people don't get, if they get caught, that they avoid torture and being whatever. They have kill chips that they can press it, and it releases toxins into your blood, and you die. There's things like that that's already at play in our life. Or it could just be as simple as cutting you out of the economic system that we're about to talk about in just a second. So the thing that I really, I really want you to hear is that when, when we start feeling, and I'm just being honest, when we start feeling like the governments want to control the people, it's because the governments want to control the people. When, when, when the direction that things are going, that we feel it and you feel it, unless you live under a rock, when it feels like the government's becoming more and more control and want more and more control over your life, it's because the government's want more and more control of your life. And this is ultimately the direction things will go over the next generations, maybe, or five years. I, I, we don't know the time frame. But the thing that I really want you to hang on to is that this literally 100% made no sense for 1,900 years until all of a sudden, every word can be literally true right here in this moment. 
I want to read you Daniel 12, 4, because God gives Daniel a vision about the end time, and then he says to seal it up. And this is the heart of of what he says, and I I love this because this becomes so true. It says, but you, Daniel, shut up these words and seal the book until the time of the end, and then the sign of the time of the end is many will roam to and fro, and knowledge will increase. And so you could take many will uh, roam to and fro one of two ways, or both, that the world had to be discovered, that the whole world had, people had to roam and discover the whole world because you can't control the world until it's a known world. Obviously, that has happened. Or that you have the ability to move quickly across the earth. Obviously, that has happened. And that knowledge will increase. The thing that we have to understand about the knowledge increasing is that we are, the knowledge uh, kind of, if you looked at a line over the course of history, it, it increased slightly for like thousands of years. And then all of a sudden, in the last hundred years, it just goes straight up like this. Now we gain more knowledge in a single day than all the other years combined. And this comes with technology to make these things true. So I don't find it ironic that God said, seal these, up, these words up till the time of the end. And two ways that you'll know that you're getting close is when the world has been discovered or many can move quickly throughout the earth, which we can today. And that knowledge de- significantly increases to a point which it has, obviously. And so that's what I want you to understand, the role of the Antichrist. The, the primary role is to cause the world to worship the Antichrist. The false prophet's secondary role is to control the world under the rule of the Antichrist. So I want to show you how he does that. In Revelation 16, Revelation 13, verse 16, it says, In the second beast, so this is different from the image. The image is about the worship and control. The second way controls, in the second beast required all people, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, the name of the beast or the number of its name. And here is a call for wisdom. Let the one who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and that number is 666. So for all you guys that's been studying Revelation your whole life, and you've been waiting on me to get here and to tell you the meaning of 666, I'm not even going to try to do that, because no matter what I say, it, it's, it's got, we don't know. We don't know what it means. We can have some wisdom, and we can guess and get a general idea, which I might do on a podcast, maybe. But that's not, I don't want us to get lost in the, because everybody, it's weird. Everybody focuses on the 666. Why are we so obsessed with 666? Like, why, why do we want to know that so bad? You're never going to know who this dude is. You're never going to figure it out. Nobody, it, it's like a game in the church. It's the weirdest thing. Like, people want to, they're, they're guessing all the time. People are posting stuff. And they're like, it's this guy in Spain, and it's this guy in here. You're never going to know who he is. And, and then even if you're right, you'll never know it because you'll already be gone. It's a waste of your time, okay? So just shh. <laughs> but what I, what I want you to see, though, is that the greatest way that the false prophet is gonna control the world and the Antichrist is through a global economic system, okay? This is gonna be the significant way at which he controls the world. And I want to I want to go through these four points really fast, and I want to show you the technology that has to exist in order for this to be real. Uh, first, the, the false prophets' global economic system will be the only way to buy or sell anything. So that that the heart of it, it's a closed market. The only way you'll be able to buy or sell anything is if you take the mark of the beast or you join you join this submit to the antichrist as God and worship him. That's the only way you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to buy or sell it. It's the only way it'll be accessed. Specifically, point two, the only way it'll be accessed is by those bearing the mark. And so 
what this means is, is that there's going to be a mark given on your right hand or on your forehead. This could be as, uh, you know, ancient as a barcode, or it could be as, as, as new age as a uh, chip in your hand. But I, I want you to understand this morning, this morning, I, I stopped at the gas station. I got out of my car. I walked up. I grabbed an extra strength, five-hour energy, and I, I put it up. And I, and I grabbed my, the card in my hand, and all I did was I didn't stick it in. I didn't swipe it. I just ran it over it because of the new tap technology. And there's a chip in that card. You just scan it over it. It picks it up, and you're gone. And then I chugged it right in front of the girl, and I, I threw it away. And she said, have a good day. <laughs> and I said, you too. My point is, is that what I want you to understand is that, again, for 1,900 years, this is an impossible thing. But now we have the technology. I'm not going to get into all the reality of like the chips. Yes, people are already chipping themselves. The military's been doing it for years and years and years. There's banking systems uh, that are requiring employees to do it to be able to track them. Uh, this has been something that's been happening for years now. The technology is 100% there. Uh, to be honest with you, I was looking at how to be able to chip my son uh, because he has a tendency to just <laughs> be gone. And, and so I've, I've really, I'm not, I'm not kidding, I looked into that. I just, you know, I did. I was like, hey, are you the Antichrist? And they said no, so I'm, I'm, it's fine. But what I want you to understand is that this technology is 100% here and around us. Um, the thing that, I, that you, you really have to, to get in this is that, and what I think will really help us understand the direction things are going to go, is this will be a one-world economic system that means that it will be a, a, a closed system. The only way to have access to it is to submit the rule of the Antichrist, to worship the Antichrist. That, that you, will be, you will be more than likely some level of chip on some level. And, and, and that, that's the only way you'll be able to buy and sell. To not submit to this, you're outside the economic system. You'll be able to buy or sell anything. Uh, and and if you'll die. There's, the Bible talks about in the tribulation, and we'll get to this, the tribulation, there's millions of people that starve to death. Well, part of the reason that's going to happen is because people aren't going to take the mark of the beast. They're going to uh, hopefully give their lives to Christ, not take the mark, and, and they'll suffer, and they'll struggle, and they'll starve. But that, that's what will happen. It's either, it's either face significant difficulty in death or submit to the economic system and to the Antichrist. And that's it. And that's it. But uh, the technology here, eventually, and you're already hearing this significant amount, like, I want you to understand how easy this will be to, to create a one-world currency where we all submit to it. And I know everybody, listen, everybody, especially us Americans, we're just so American. We, we're like, we'll never do it, right? Come on, let's practice together. We'll never do it. All right, if Facebook Marketplace, which they're trying to do, and Amazon changed tomorrow and said, we will only take Bitcoin, you will be operating with Bitcoin by the end of the week, right? Come on, wives, Every day when I pull up, I see my retirement sitting next to me in boxes, okay? So I don't, I don't want to hear, we'll never do it. Yeah, yeah you will. You'll 100% do it. When uh, DirecTV or Hulu or Netflix says we're only going to take Bitcoin, you'll be doing Bitcoin by the end of the week. Or your gym or whatever it is that you, Twinkies, I don't know, whatever it is that you, you do, 
That's, that's how fast and how quick it'll happen. With the rise of digital currency and blockchain, and I, I've done all this research, and I don't wanna bore you with it, but the thing that I really want you to understand is that everything, every single thing that needed to be put in place in order for this to happen, for 1,900 years it didn't exist, and then suddenly in the last 20, bam. When, when they, when, in the early 2000s, they just started using electronic payment over almost 90% was still cash and check, and, and, and nobody could see how quickly it would change. And at this point, over 90% of purchases are electronic. And so the heart of what I'm telling you, and this, this is really what I wanna do. I'm gonna do two things. Every week, I, wanna, I want us to learn what the Bible says about the end times during the series. I wanna teach us that because Jesus believed that it was epically important that we know it, and to the point that he put a blessing, I'll remind you of this every week in Revelation, there is a special blessing to those who read this book, there is a special blessing to those who hear it, and there's a special blessing to those who obey it. So Jesus went out of his way to give us incentive to read, study, and know this book because it will give us significant wisdom in our lives. But the second thing I wanna do every single week is I want I want this, how can we apply this to our life? And this morning, I think that it, for me, and what I hopeful, hopefully it'll be for you, is these scriptures have built my faith more in the last year than I have ever had in my life. My faith in God and my faith in the word of God. And I, 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 wanna, I, wanna, I want you to get, I, I just want you to take this in. What John penned 1,900 years ago, he just wrote down what he saw. And for 1,900 years, it has made no sense to anybody. To the point theologians were trying to come up with some way it was philosophical instead of literal. But then all of a sudden, from the mid-90s, to deep into the early 2000s to now, in, in, in just the, the span of one generation, all of the technology that was needed, everything that was needed was put in place for every single word of the back half of Revelation 13 to come to life and be true. Every single word, it happened like that. This has built my faith because I can trust God's word. I can trust God's word. Because for 1,900 years, this was a scripture people pointed at and said, how could that be? There's no way. It doesn't make sense. How could I trust something that says that until all of a sudden it makes sense? I wanna read this to you, Isaiah 46. This is God speaking to his people. And he's, he's, he's wanting them to understand the weight of who he is. And though he doesn't have to prove himself to us the way that he does. This is so powerful. Remember this and be brave. This is God talking. Take it to heart, you transgressors. That's you and me. Remember what happened long ago, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I declare the end from the beginning and ancient times from what is still to come. And I say my purpose will stand and all my good pleasure I will accomplish. This is God telling you right now, 
I'm God and there's no one like me. And the way that I can prove this to you is I can tell you the end from the beginning. And in ancient times, I can tell you what's to come at the end of days. And Revelation 13 is exactly that. It was the days of old when God said, I'm gonna tell you exactly how the world will go. I'm gonna tell you exactly what's gonna be in place. I'm gonna show you exactly the technology that's gonna come. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reveal the future to you from the beginning. I'm gonna tell you the end so that when you get there, you can look back and know that I am God and there is no other like me. So this is the, the reality of this, is I want you to, as you sit here this morning, I want you to read these scriptures and I want you to look into this world and I want you to acknowledge, no matter who you are and what you believe, I want you to acknowledge that 1900 years ago, a man who was on the island of Patmos had a vision from God and he wrote that down and for 1900 years, he seems insane right up until it seems perfectly fitting to our time and day and season. Our God is God and there is no one like him. And we can trust every single word of this book. As time goes on, it only becomes more true and more true and more true. God said that Israel would become a nation again. And for hundreds of years, people laughed at the scriptures because a nation had never disappeared and been dispersed and then came back ever. Not to mention it happened in one day, but God's word said that Israel will come back and in one day will become a nation again. And that happened in 1948. Every single thing that God said would happen I shared this one already, but God said that the Euphrates River would dry up in the end days. And for 6,000 years, the Euphrates River has never dried up until two years ago, and now it is a desert. 6,000 years, this river doesn't dry up. God makes it clear in the end days, the Euphrates River will be dried up. And right now, it is dried up. 1,900 years. John outlays technology that couldn't even be fathomed. And right now we're living it out. I want you to understand we can trust this book. And more than that, we can trust the God who wrote it. Amen.